With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. Have you been listening? Do you know what sport we're actually playing? Whoa, 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 I was number nine. Don't be putting me down at number 11. Back in the day, I defeated Dwayne The Rock Johnson twice. The Paralympics almost have more power than the Olympics ever will be. He's not really a fun kind of guy. doesn't really like people. Come on then, let's get on with the show. So, boys, welcome back to season two of the TWS Sports Podcast. We're looking forward to season two, Tom? Yeah, it's going to be great. Honestly, hyped. Yeah, really looking forward to it, Nigel. What are you looking forward to most about season two? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. There's so many things on that. I mean, meeting new people, learn about new sports, the uh, the obvious things, uh, and just get out to more and more people because you know this podcast has done so well. It really has exceeded our expectations, hasn't it? It has definitely so. I remember starting this podcast back in March thinking it would only be a, a small podcast we'd be lucky to get a few guests and we spoke to people from America people from Australia people from all around Europe and read so many fantastic messages from literally all around the world which is which has really blown me away which is which is fantastic how was your how was your summer guys anyway what did you get up to in the summer holidays well basically I went out I went out to Eastbourne which was the first sightseeing and got to see the cliffs and whatnot and so. i heard you went to the blackpool as well didn't you sure did how was that did you want any roller coasters yeah i went to the pleasure beach it was a thrill <laughs> did they still have the pepsi max up there yeah Is it the pepsi max the uh, the roller coaster the one wasn't it got the sort of the fastest drop in the uk or something like that uh something like that i remember at the time it came out it was originally the world's highest but then after that over the years uh multiple countries made higher coasters so what about you nigel did you have a good summer i had a great summer thank you very much we went to skipton and we explored mullum cove and we also explored a place called brimham rocks which is fantastic it's got all these amazing rocks where you can sort of just climb all over them it's a really uh famous rock play, uh, climbing place as well and we also went to the Lake District and we uh, 
we went from the Via Fretta, uh, which is like, it's, it's a bit like go, go Ape, but on rocks. So yeah, right. had a great time. Thank you. Hey, it's not bad. Yeah. So yeah, it was very good as well. So, so lots of family. So went down to South Wales quite a few times and saw my family and stuff, which is, which is lovely. Um, a few trips out. So went to the, the zoo and went to the beach in Abu Dhabi. Took my daughter out, which is lovely. So yeah, it was a lovely summer. So we have some new hosts joining us on the podcast this, this term. So we've got, actually we've got myself, Nigel and Tom's going to be with us each week. And then we're also going to be joined by Aftar and Hayden, who are students at the school as well, who will be joining us throughout the series. So it'll be really interesting. We're looking forward to getting some new hosts. What tips have you got for them, uh, Tom? Well, uh, to be to be mindful, I guess, and also to make to make sure to be as uh, to be as creative as they can, really. So I just want to apologise as well because throughout this episode of, of Joe, some of his audio isn't isn't fantastic. Um, Joe was at training when he filmed this with us, and he's outside. I think you hear some of the wind in the background, and there are a few periods where Joe's voice dips in and out. But please bear with us. It doesn't happen very often, but if it does happen, then just bear with it, and the sound will come back pretty quickly. I do want to edit it out because you can still hear some of it, um, but there are a few periods where his, his voice does dip in and out. And also, when we were filming this, which was in the start of the summer holidays, Joe played the Spurs. And I think it was literally a day or two after filming this, he, he left Spurs and joined Celtic. So he does talk a lot about the season with Tottenham and how pre-season's going. So, um, well, when this was recorded, he was a Tottenham Hotspur player. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is the Premier League champion, Man City and England legend and current Tottenham Hotspur player, Joe Hart. How are you, Joe? I'm all good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Looking back at your childhood, who were your sporting heroes and did you want to be a footballer? I, don't, I didn't necessarily want to be a footballer. I just liked playing football. Um, I never really thought too much about it. I just played it because, because I loved it. Same reason that I played cricket or whatever other sport was going. Um, and I suppose sporting heroes, goalkeeper-wise, I like David Seaman and Peter Schmeichel, but I just kind of liked, I liked everyone who, who played sport for the right reasons, to be honest. Because you played quite a lot of sports growing up, didn't you, Joe? So I noticed you were quite a keen cricketer, still play a little bit every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I just that was just what I liked to do. That was uh that was that was my enjoyment from 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 being a young guy, just being able to play as, as many sports as possible, you know, be it team games or tennis or anything. I just it's just what I like to do. You were always good at football. Did you always want to be a goalkeeper even as a child? Um, I like being in goal, but you know, I think we all want to be strikers, ideally. But um, I realised that wasn't going to be my my strongest position. Um, but I, I like the the art of goalkeeping, and I've really grown into it and, and grown to love it. I also wanted to be a goalkeeper as well, Joe. Uh, I always used to be goalkeeper when I was playing with my mates, but uh, it never quite fulfilled me, as you can see from the, the height difference here. Uh, <laughs> there's a distinct disadvantage to me, uh, me being in goal. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, with uh, well, the natural kind of tools that I was given, it kind of it gave me a good route in. Um, just going to fast forward a little bit, Joe, from your career up until kind of joining joining Man City. Um, was there any other clubs kind of that maybe took your fancy, or was it was joining Man City always kind of a dream for you? Um, I, I first and foremost, I was I was really proud and happy to play for my local 
Trinity Town, playing for them, um, was involved in them. Um, when when you were, when I was involved in the move to Manchester City, there was a lot of speculation of teams potentially were interested, but uh, Man City were the only ones who really followed through and, and and backed up what they were saying by putting a bid in. So um, yeah, I was I was really really excited to be joining a, a Premier League team. Um, Nervous, obviously, but um, yeah, I felt like it was a, a big moment for me. How did it feel when you got your first cap for England? It was obviously very special. It was um, it wasn't quite the circumstances that gave me that feeling like I did when I played my first um, competitive start for England at Wembley. Uh, it was kind of a end of season game in Trinidad, and a lot of people were getting their first cap. So yes, it was special, and um, but it kind of made me more thirsty for more. And like I say, when I got my first international, sorry, um, competitive start, that was that was a bigger moment for me. So about our first competitive start at Wembley in front of ninety thousand people was was an incredible opportunity for you. And you played with some great names in that England England team. How was it like? What was it like walking out to Wembley for, your, for the first time as an England player? It's it's. It is a really proud moment. It's it's cliche, but it's true. Um, you know, obviously times, you know, this COVID times make it a little bit more different to to really think back. But um, you know, I was able to have all my friends and my family there, and and you do it as a team. You do it as a you know you do it as a as a one a family member. Um, all the people that have helped you get to that point. But I think it's important that you see it as something that is you know it's just the start and the, the how good it felt and and what it meant just meant that I wanted more. Yeah, definitely. I would imagine it must be quite a surreal sort of moment because you, you must sort of like dream of these sort of times that as a child were growing up and playing you know, playing football and imagine what it's like, you know, to be like, and so few people ask get the chance to do that for real afterwards. Uh, I know, yeah, it must be quite a surreal moment for you that you actually are walking out, like say, play Wembley uh, with your England shirt on. It is, it is, but at the same time, it's business. You know, I'm, I'm not in this game to, I wasn't, I was never, my intention was never to just do that. It was to go and perform and play well and, and earn my time. Um, sorry, someone just tried calling me there. Um, yeah, and, and really earn it. So, um, yes, it was, but it's, it's, it's instantaneous. You know, you need, ultimately, I, I'm, I'm number one for England, but, you know, one bad performance or letting getting caught up in the moment, you lose that. So, yeah, it was a it was business. Michael and Wright, I read, had a real goalkeeper-striker rivalry. Did you have any goalkeeper-striker rivalry with anyone? Um, really. I, I, I played the game for enjoyment and I played to win, so any striker was obviously in opposition, but I kind of found that I've always managed to have a good relationship on the field and, and a fair relationship. Um, I don't really care who's trying to score past me, you know, my, my job. Were there any uh, people that sort of really stood out thing, you know, you thought, oh, God, I've got to really be on form for this guy? I've played against the best, simple as that. I've played against the best players in the world. I've played against players who are maybe not recognised as the best, but I, I've really understood how good they are or they've been in a good moment. But I think you can't afford to take your eye off the game. You can't afford to treat anyone differently. You've got to treat everyone like they're, you know, they're a Ballon d'Or winner for, it to, for you to really play at the level that you want to. One game that stands out for me, Joe, I'm, I'm sure it must be for you, was um, 
I'm not sure what round it was in Champions League, but City against Barcelona, Messi had loads and loads of chances and you just did save after save after save against them. That must have been an incredible game for you. Yeah, that was really good. That was a that was a special night. Um, ultimately, it was disappointing. We didn't win the tie, uh, but it, it was nuts. You know, you know, I was in the, um, the Camp Nou, what, however many that holds. Small, um, small Man City following. If you've ever been there, you'll understand how 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 far away those fans are. Um, and I was playing against one of the greatest sides of you know to ever play. You know, Neymar, Suarez, Messi. And it was just so much fun. It was just, it was just so much fun. I was getting to do what I loved at the, at the highest level, and you know I was playing well. It was, it was disappointing that we lost, but you know it was just. I remember it, it was just, it was just a great moment to, for me to have a pair of gloves on and be in goal. You played for Manchester City when they won their first ever Premier League. That must have been an amazing atmosphere in the dressing room. Can you tell us? A bit about it. Um, the circumstances that it was in made it, you know, I, I really kind of struggled with that to, to comprehend what's gone on. You know, we, we kind of went into it knowing that we won, we'd done it, we'd done what we, we set out to do. And then, you know, I don't think anyone ever imagined it would be, you know, 95, 96 minutes of, of what went on. So a little bit shocked. Um, obviously very excited, very... Um, very emotional, but all, you know we, we'd done what we set out to do. It's just it was just a great feeling. Just, but it was it wasn't as straightforward as maybe you'd expect it to be. No, because looking back at the game, like Man City would beat QPR ninety nine times out of hundred probably, but that yeah. game just had went back and forth, back and forth. It had like Joey Barton was sent off, wasn't he? And was it ninety one minutes you were still losing, and then Jacko yeah. scored in that famous Aguero goal. Um, all I what I remember of that is is Aguero score and then seeing you running around the pitch with your arms out wide in front of yeah. the whole Etihad Stadium, and then the camera went to was it Sunderland where United thought they'd won and then lost. And I don't think a Premier League season will ever finish that close again. Um, it must have just been incredible. What was it like in the dressing room and sort of that night? Was it just for the best night that you ever had, I imagine. Yeah, it was, but like I said, it was a little. It was it was quite hard to take it all in, you know. It, it really was quite hard to take all in. Um, you know, we really had a, a great dressing room at the time. We we kind of um, got together and and started to really build something. Uh, Manchester City is, you know, people who tune into football now will just presume it was a the club that it is, but it wasn't when even even as recently as that. Um, so you know, loads of really good, humble, close uh, Mancunians who've been through all sorts with that football club. You know, all through the leagues, it was just a real great outpouring of emotion and and happiness and um, real sense that we've done something special. Um, and just moving through kind of Man City career, Joe, did it frustrate you at all in the way maybe you left Man City? Yeah, of course it did. You know. No, no secrets behind that. It was, it was, it was difficult, and it wasn't um, obviously what I kind of set myself up to do. But the world doesn't revolve around me. Football doesn't revolve around me. Um, and you dust yourself off, and you, and you try and make the most of the however many years you've got in the game, and that's what I'm trying to do now. 
So we'd like to share some of the fantastic messages that we've received. Our first one comes from Sean in Dublin, who says, brilliant podcast. I'm really looking forward to season two. Keep up the great work. And our next message comes from Harry in California, who says, brilliant podcast and a fantastic advocate for people with autism. Well, so thank you so much for all your comments and messages and, and please keep them coming. We'll try and read as many as we can out on the podcast and, and yeah, we really appreciate your, your feedback, your support. Um, thank you very much. You played in the 2014 World Cup. What was it like to play in a World Cup and what are your memories of that tournament? Um, special, really special. Playing for England is, is, is good, is, you know, special enough, but to go to a tournament, the, the atmosphere, the, the togetherness, the England uh, travelling support is, I can't really explain it, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah, it was really exciting, it was a, you know, pretty cool destination. We were based in Rio in Brazil, and we fell the wrong side of two really tough games, and we were out. So, <laughs> it was it was really disappointing, really, 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 really disappointing, but... Um, yeah, it's nice to say you've done it, but you know, I'm I'm not in it to just tick things off a bucket list. I'm in it to try and win. So ultimately, it's a di- it was a disappointing experience. Um, a difficult question, probably, John, and I don't know if you if you've got an answer for it, but kind of that England team obviously had the likes of yourself, Rooney, Gerard, Lampard, Ferdinand, and, and a few a few others, and you probably never quite reached your potential. Would you agree? Yeah, of course. You think the potential is only to win it? Do you want to think the reason behind that possibly is, and, and looking at the England team now, who have have done really, really well, is there a reason you think behind it they didn't quite do as well as you probably should have in the tournaments? I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. You know, if we, before the tournament, every tournament I've been involved in, I felt prepared. felt like everything's been put in place for us to do well. And tournament football is just so, so, so tight. Um, fine margins. And like, hey, the, you know, we, in the history books, we got dumped out in the group stage. You know, we didn't get back to group stages, but we had a really, really close game with Italy, you know, lost 2-1. And then an incredibly close game with Uruguay um, and lost 2-1. Fine margin. That's what separates, you know, the champions from the, from the guys who, you know, don't feature. I think... Just, it, it wasn't our moment. Um, we could have done better, but but we didn't. And fast forward in a few years, we um, we spoke to Dave Edwards on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he talks a lot about Euro 2016 walking out um, in France against you, and how that was such a special moment for two Shrewsbury lads. What was it like for you to kind of a play against Wales and b play against Dave, who you've known all your life pretty much? Loved it. It was just. It's just great, isn't it? It's like playing against your friend in the bubble of one of one of the you know one of the most important fixtures on the calendar that day. So um, yeah, there's no there's no great huge rivalry. It's, you know, it's once you reach once you reach a certain level in sport, it, everyone's your rival. You're trying to beat whoever it is. You know, you could play against your best friend. You could play against your brother, your sister, your, your family. You're trying to beat them. Um, but also nothing takes away from the special bond and respect that you've got for each other. So it was an awesome day. Um, you know, drama as well with the, with the way it finished. But, um, 
yeah, it was nice to look over at Dave and kind of both realize where we came from and what we were doing. You are the second most capped goalkeeper for England. What advice would you have for any goalkeepers out there? Well, I've been asked this question a lot and uh, and I've always stumbled on the same answer. Just go and goal because you love it. Um, don't go and goal for any other reason. Um, it's a specialist position. Um, and yes, people who don't understand it will talk about how difficult it is. You know, if you let a bad goal in, a striker can always miss and a goalkeeper can't afford to. None of that matters. You're playing goal because you want to. It's not um, something you have to do. It's not something you're supposed to do. You can only play in goal if you want to be there. I have a question from a listener, Joe, who's got in touch with the podcast. And if anyone else wants to get in touch with the podcast, please email twsportspodcast.hotmail.com. Our question today comes from Nathan, who asks, Joe, you've played against some amazing players in your time, playing in England and Italy and playing at the World Cups. Who are the top three shirts you've had swapped with a player and what are your reasons for them shirts? Buffon, Casillas and Dave from that game. So as a, as a goalkeeper, do you, is it just naturally swap the other goalkeeper or have you got any kind of striker shirts? Or No, I think, you know, you have a relationship and you have friendships through football. I, I don't swap necessarily. Um, like I said, I, my family complained to me about it, and maybe I'll regret it in years to come, but I know what I've done. I know who I've played against. I know where I've played against. You know, there's, I don't need to prove that to anyone, so I don't necessarily keep things um, as keepsakes. I more like to swap with people I'm either friends with, like Dave, or people that I admire, like Buffon and Cassius. So, yeah, I either have a personal relationship or, or there's someone that I really look up to. So we've got quite a big announcement to make on the TWS Sports Podcast regarding a legend in the sports and entertainment industry. If you're a fan of WWE, then this is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Back in the late 90s and the early 2000s, I was a massive wrestling fan, so this is a legend in my eyes. I will let him introduce himself and can't wait for him to be a guest on our podcast. Hello, my name is Mick Foley, sometimes known as the Hardcore Legend, and back in the day I defeated Dwayne The Rock Johnson twice to become a WWE champion. That's right. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. This is a great podcast hosted by some amazing children who are on the autism spectrum. I'm an autism dad. I have a son on the spectrum, and I wear this bracelet and have for the last seven years. Uh, autism um, acceptance and uh, I'm so proud of my son. He's a great young man and I know better than just about anyone that uh, what makes us incredible human beings are our differences and they should be celebrated and treasured. This is Mick Foley and I am looking forward to being a guest at a future time. I hope you will tune in to the TWS Sports Podcast and may all your days be nice. What about... um Kind of moving away from your career as such, but just kind of a bit more of the jovial things in football. What uh, you've played in lots of great teams, like the club and country. What are the best dressing room pranks or anything you've seen in your footballing career? Those days have really, really, really slowed down. Um, a lot more politically correct in the dressing room than maybe it was when I first started. But um, especially the Tottenham. Tottenham's really, uh, really calm. But you know, been a few places if some suspect clothes are being worn, they're being hung up or or shredded or taped to the ceiling, but other than that, it's it's, it's really calm now. Who are the so moving? You moved to Tottenham 
last season? How are you finding Tottenham at the moment? Did you join it? Yeah, it's good. You know, it's a different role. I obviously ideally want to be playing more, but kind of to understand where I am in the game at the moment. And I want to be in and around the top places. So I'm here, I'm pushing. Um, good set of lads, good, good group of people, but we need to, we need to step up and start doing a bit more in the game. And you looking forward to, to Nuno coming in? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's been a good first week. Um, you know, it's difficult. A lot of the guys have been involved in either the Copa America or the, uh, the Euros, so not everyone's in at the moment. But, um, yeah, you make do at the start of the season and get as fit as possible for when the, when the big games arrive. And what, I know the answer's probably to win it, but what are your aspirations for Tottenham this year? What's, what's the goal? Look, I think we just need to really set ourselves up um, and, and really get an understanding of who and what we are and, you know, bring a competitive edge to every single game. And yeah, obviously, ultimately, it's to, to win everything that we take part in. But I think just kind of creating an identity is important at the moment. So, we've recently teamed up with a company called Surprise Shirts, and they sell mystery football shirts from any football team from around the world. And we do mean any football team. So, for instance, behind me, I have a shirt from Panther Sportive du Nade FC. And my fact about Panther Sportive is Nade is actually an acronym, it stands for Nobility, Dignity, Elegance. Fab. We like it. Interesting shirts. Thank you. And their, their website is www.surpriseshirts.co.uk. That's www.surpriseshirts.co.uk. Joe, you, you're also well known for your uh, shampoo adverts. And I just wondered, do you get any stick from the players for that? People have tried to give me stick through the years, but there's plenty of good reasons that I did them. So. I let them have maybe two or three shots and then I remind them why I did them and then it's kind of the end of the argument. And you have lovely hair as well, Joe. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for life after football? Um, I don't know yet. I'm still kind of, I, I enjoyed a little bit of media work. Um, I've got plenty of things that I'm involved in, plenty of things that I'm excited to, to build into. But right now I'm kind of, I'm fully focused on playing football and you know, it's a short career making the most of what time I'm going to get. Doing, doing what I love. I noticed on your, your social media pages, Joe, you, you've got a new fitness app. How's that going? Yeah, yeah, it's going okay. You know, people are, it's, um, it's not just a standard fitness app. So I think it's just gradually filtering into people what, what we're trying to do and, uh, how we're trying to do it. So it's going to grow slowly, but get a nice little community and nice little, um, some great results at the moment with the people who are taking part. So how, how is Squeezy season for you? Do you, do you love it? Do you hate it? I don't mind it. Um, I keep myself in kind of good condition regardless of, of whether I'm in or out of season. So it doesn't make too much of a difference to me um, fitness-wise. My body's not quite used to smashing up and down off the floor like it would, would be usually with the with the break. So, you know, I feel a little bit tender, but, you know, fine, I feel good. Throughout your career, you play with, with and against fantastic players. If you could pick the your ultimate five-a-side team that you've played against, who would who would it be and why? I've played against would be uh, Buffon, Chiellini and Benucci, Gerard. I mean, is that 
One more. Yeah, striker. Uh, well, so no, I'll take that back. So I'll be played against everyone. There's so many good ones. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know where to start. I just want to know, uh, Jay, because you you're obviously you're very good at sports. Uh, you're obviously a fantastic footballer. You're also a fantastic cricketer. Are there any sports you're not very good at? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not great at basketball. I don't know. I I wouldn't even say I'm particularly brilliant at all of them, but I just know that when I go into them, I just, like I said, with the advice goalkeeping, I kind of apply that to everything that I do. Just give it my best. It might not be the best or the worst, but it's um, it's not through lack of trying. I saw on your Facebook or Tottenham's Instagram or whatever, um, last year, you, you Tottenham boys having a game of cricket. I think you were bowling against Harry Kane. Any other yeah. boys with the cricket or just, just you? No, some of the boys are all right. Harry's good. Um, some of the younger guys are good. Uh, Eric Dyer, good player. No, there's a few of us. There's a few of us that enjoy the game. Thank you so much, Joe, for taking the time to chat with us today. We really enjoyed speaking with you and it means so much to us as a school to be able to have the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. All right, guys. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And all right, no really problem at all. During the session. Cheers, Jim. Really good. See you, guys. Take care. Bye. So, who is the next person we're going to chat to next week? So, next week on the podcast, we'll be joined by rugby player Alex Popham. Alex played rugby for Wales, and he played in the Rugby World Cup, and he won the Grand Slam with Wales in the Six Nations. And he's also doing a lot of work with rugby players who who have dementia. He has dementia himself, and he talks a lot about it on the episode. And he's got a charity. I think it's called Head for Change, which him and his partner set up, which supports rugby players when they retire from, from the game. So he was really, really interesting to speak to and an episode that I'm really looking forward to having to listen to. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.